0: What, what what is up? Roots to grooves here once again. Back with you for another episode, talking about the artists that inspire us. The artists that we <laughs> are here to discover and discover.
1: We're here exploring alongside all of our listeners. Yeah. Some of this. Jay introduced me to Jazanova.
0: Yeah, and you uh, never have you not heard of Jazanova before?
1: no i might have heard the name before okay because it's a good name yeah yeah of a, for a collective like this mm-hmm. um but no i was not familiar with the band yeah uh i like the stylings though yeah super cool so it's a it's a german-based yeah um collective you could say because it's featuring songwriters and productionists yeah. alongside djs yeah
0: um there's kind of three facets and then there's a live band as well yeah there's many facets which is really interesting um about this group is they aren't really an artist in a traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Um and in fact the albums they release are not an afterthought, but they sort of came after uh the fact of founding jazzanova kind of thing. Right. So yeah basically um they're a German based DJ producer collective mm-hmm. is what they're called. Um there's six members um I won't I won't try I'll, and pronounce the last I'll, names of each of them but um, Okay, I,
1: I think we should uh, I'll I'll try. Okay, go for it. Go okay. For it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be bad but okay. <laughs> um so we got Alexander Bark, okay. Klaus Brehler. Klaus. Klaus Brehler. Yeah. Jürgen von Nablock. <laughs> Jürgen. Uh, oh, is that real? Is that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I have a J in my name, and I just J, J. silent J, Jurgen. We got Roscow, Kretschmann. Okay. Stefan Lasering. Stefan. Stefan, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we,
0: you know, if you're German, if Stefan. you're German,
1: well, you pronounce the same <laughs> person's name, and no yeah, matter where you're from, yeah, I mean, technically, I, guess, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it is. Um, mm. And then we have Axel Reinemer. There you go. So I hope I got close. I hope I'm doing those people justice don't mean I, I mean, no disrespect. Yeah. But there's some interesting names from a different language that I'm not super accustomed to. There you go. Which is German. Um, as far as I know, Alex Axel, excuse me, Axel Reinemer mm-hmm. and Stefan Leisering are kind of the main yeah. songwriting and production duo. Yeah. And they're coming up with these ideas. And then uh, the other members are
0: DJs. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... um uh three of them are djs and three of them uh like the producers that make the album uh but really two of them are the main are the core of making the music and right. I think there's a third guy that might be more of an engineer in uh, a studio sense kind of thing
1: right i think yeah. they work with a kind of a even a slightly bigger circle of people yeah, yeah to get to their end product yeah um but these five people would be the core member yeah yeah so yeah. they're they're for sure collaborating with
0: yeah. m- many people yeah so, basically. You, so you've got like one half of them that go out and dj individually and together around the world and you've got the other half that make the albums that you hear um and also the guys that um dj also run the record label that they founded as well um solar collective yeah so like with a k yeah no c is only case yeah 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 it's, it looks like kalishnikov but it's collective yeah <laughs> that, that sounds russian yeah. said <laughs> and um yeah it's just a very interesting thing about how they came together based in germany um real quick i mean so yeah jazanova yeah. yeah yeah i hear it's funk it's
1: down tempo yeah new jazz yeah some acid jazz yeah chill out yeah you know maybe some chill wave yeah. um i was it reminded me of some bonobo yeah. mm-hmm. type stuff, that kind of cool jazzy electronica. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Latin jazz, soul, house. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the stuff floating around that I that I hear. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously blending some different genres. Yeah. Um, and it's it's super cool. I mean, I think their main thing is they always got a nice groovy bass line. Yeah. Um, interesting beats. Yeah. A lot of
0: features with different vocalists a lot of yeah a lot of features yeah with like rappers and singers yeah you know, from all over so
1: yeah. i mean, i get the vibe that these these guys put a lot of effort and, and a lot of thought into the each and every creation which is each and every song yeah and then you know each greater album yeah um they're all well thought through it's all pretty in depth yeah um and it's all really visceral and gripping yeah good yeah. stuff yeah, yeah great music yeah yeah. I, I didn't know about this band, like I said before, until Jay introduced me. So it was, uh, it was a, a pleasure to, to do some research and listen to this stuff.
0: Yeah, so I think I f- first f- heard of them around the time of their very first album, 2002, called In Between. Um, because uh, I mentioned him before, but I will mention him again. Giles Peterson, uh-huh. a DJ out of the UK that had a very influential radio show called Worldwide on um, BBC Radio 1. He's still doing that, not on Radio 1, but on BBC 6 Music, which is another radio station in the UK. And also he's cool. founded his own online radio station as well called Worldwide FM. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been a massive inspiration for me. He's actually a massive inspiration for the guys from over before they actually knew him and got to collaborate with him on marketing and doing projects and shows and festivals and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, he, like... He spun um, some tracks from that first album. That's how I first heard about it. Um, uh, he, I, like, Giles Peterson put on a few, like, shows and stuff like that where he invited various people to play at kind of thing. Right. Jazz and being one of them. So, um, yeah, that's so I think I've heard about them, yeah, since the, the release of their first album. And I could not right. put it down when I first heard it. Which is their album called In Between in 2002.
1: Yeah so i mean so they've been a collective for you know over 20 years i think they i think yeah, even before then yeah. i think axel and stefan yeah stefan stefan yeah stefan yeah. Uh, i mean i think they were collaborating
0: much earlier i think they even went to yeah, school yeah, yeah.
1: together and stuff
0: yeah did you did you find out about their early knowings of each other because i didn't know i, I
1: i'm trying to uh, rack my brain right now but i think yeah what i saw in some interviews and stuff is they were school buddies Hmm. and they were just kind of getting into stuff Mm -hmm. from a pretty young age Mm -hmm. um so they they had they they were they were growing this bond yeah and this you know kind of musical attraction to each other yeah and that came up through like middle and high school yeah and and beyond so i mean i think they were already talking to each other and stuff like
0: 1995 yeah yeah so um yeah so jazz and formed in 95 without stefan and axel it was it was the djs the kind of the, that formed the collective first
1: oh, okay i thought it was kind of the opposite i think you're right though
0: yeah so yeah what well, from what i gather basically um the rest of the guys were djing a club in berlin and uh they uh the club Asked them to like write some tracks or some tunes. I'm not sure why. Maybe they had wanted trying to do a record label thing or something like that. And um, they said that they had no idea how to make music. Like, and uh, they were put in touch with this hip hop production duo, um, and that was Stefan and Axel. Mm -hmm. They were they were basically make producing hip hop tracks for like German artists and stuff like that. Um, apparently, uh, there was a really bad sort of a uh, group that they had that w- was um, rapping in English. Bad as in bad, not good. Bad, bad as in super cool. I think. Well, I heard um, Alex Bark talk about this. Um, it, it, he, I think he was. Mate, I don't know if he said the music was bad, but he said that the the rapping was bad because it was these Germans trying to rap in English and they oh. didn't really know English well. <laughs> well. that's not going to go over well. Why don't you just do it in, in German? Yeah, well, they did do some uh, German rapping produced artists as well, I think. And that's kind of what the, that duo was doing, is they were producing their own group, and then they had other rappers that they were making right. beats for and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, somehow they got in, introduced. Um, and so Jazz and Nova, they already had this name before they met Stefan and Axel. Um because basically they needed to call themselves something, and there was this old like '60s record that had a track on it called "Jazzanova," and they thought that sort of fit what they were doing because the type of music they were DJing out was like Latin and jazz and um, totally and, like, disco and funk, and right? Hip hop and the whole mishmash kind of thing. So they called themselves that, and then so they had that name for like a year before Stefan and Axel came along and um, yeah and then so they kind of just stuck with it they didn't really once they came up with the name they were just like you know that's it it wasn't like what it is we don't need didn't to didn't second think think it or, or, you right know, uh, no I mean it's a
1: it. fantastic name yeah, yeah for I think it it resonates with what they do yeah yeah I think it works really well yeah um, yeah you just say Jazzanova I think if you if you think about that in your head yeah and then you listen to it it will be what you thought of in your head
0: yeah i guess so yeah i I would just guess you know maybe that's just me but well that's cool now because i think i saw like a 2007 interview with alex and um the interviewer who's a guy called benji b who's also radio dj out of the uk um he was asking you know well you know because some people think jazz is like a bad thing like in mainstream media at the time in 2007 in the UK mm-hmm. i guess like if people said jazz they probably thought like mm, you know cheesy old stuff or whatever kind of thing right like it's an old school out of date type yeah. thing that you're doing so it's interesting you don't think that now i mean also we fast forwarded through time from 2007 and uh yeah I over think, yeah <laughs> over 20
1: years ago yeah you know, these guys were putting music
0: together yeah and i think the the jazz term is can mean many it means many things to me i don't know if it i don't know what it means to most people it's but becoming like, more and more yeah.
1: ambiguous yeah
0: as all the genres are
1: it seems mm. when i research a new artist or find a discover a new artist every artist has their own subgenre hmm. name hmm. like oh it's yeah. hyper hyper chill <laughs> wave pop and nobody else has that coming time. up with their own thing
0: or exactly what, or blue, blue blue wave right isn't that what king cruel like? yeah, yeah he
1: literally came up with his own yeah, yeah or or other people dubbed it his own and then it, yeah it's nowhere else because that's him that's king cruel archie yeah. archie mathers marshall Archie Marshall, Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. Not Mathers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a great name. Jazzanova. I think it... So yeah. this, this band, have you heard of? I think you have. I think I've brought it up to you before. Snarky Puppy.
0: Yeah. I've heard of them, but I haven't really listened to their music.
1: And they have a lot of similar-ish vibes from orchestrated, you know, big orchestral sounds mm-hmm. with more contemporary jazz... And kind of poppy jazz, mm. uh, and they yeah. do mostly instrumental stuff. Yeah, not as much vocals as Jazzanova, but I w- that's kind of what my mind put those two together okay. for me in yeah. my head. Yeah. So if anybody's heard of Snarky Puppy, I think this this is a kind of band along those lines. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least it was for me, because yeah. um, it's very in depth, cool music. Yeah. I guess the, I mean these guys are coming from a kind of a technology standpoint, as opposed to like a. Oh, I play acoustic guitar and I want to make jazz. It's it's not quite yeah. electronic, but they're, yeah, they're, they 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 grew from the technology. I think um, I think Steph, Stefan and and Axel had a a C sixty four and an Atari console. Yeah, and they started working with the stuff. And this was the nineties when basically the internet yeah. was still popping up, computers were still popping up, and those were old back
0: then ataris in yeah the late 90s right yeah.
1: so yeah. they're they're using already outdated stuff yeah. yeah as this new technology was coming into play over the last couple of decades yeah, yeah um so i i just feel like they're kind of generally coming from a technology standpoint rather than like oh we're super good live musicians and we're going to bring that into the techno
0: techno yeah. world well Axel is definitely more of like an engineer gearhead right and programmer i think probably Mm -hmm. and stefan is more of a self-taught musician uh, that also does programming and computer stuff kind of thing um but yeah he you know he he's taught himself every instrument and he plays all of them in various ways and capacities and Mm -hmm. on their tracks kind of thing um yeah and he says he's like you know not kind of i mean I'm similar as well as like I can play guitar, but I would never call myself a guitarist or right. or play guitar in a band. Cause I don't know about chord structures or scales or anything like that. I couldn't jam. Like I could come up with my riff and everyone jams around me, but I can't, right. I can't really like do that. And I think that's kind of like, yeah, he, his uh, approach was as a lover of music, as a, you know, a programmer on Atari music kind of thing. And then, teaching himself instruments because i think that's aesthetically and sonically where they wanted to go they didn't want to just be like this pure electronic programmed music thing and mm-hmm. you can hear it in their music their music does sound electronic here and there does sound programmed but there's a lot of organic sounding stuff completely going on like at the same time from yeah, the
1: the yeah. interviews i would see and mm. you know footage of them in the studio and stuff they're they're obviously coming from a from this kind of technological standpoint and using even samples yeah. and using consoles to create sounds and manipulate sound and to yeah. create the soundscapes that they want but they would also be there's a guy in the studio with an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. doing some vocals like coming up with songs you know yeah, yeah. song writing yeah um so it's it's definitely they have a strong dynamic between the the technological side of what they're able to do yeah. with the kind of older kind of heritage of where music is coming from and and where this jazz came from or where yeah. this this fusion music came from and yeah they they got this they built a team it's like a team of Avengers yeah you know it's like a Marvel some movie Power Rangers there we go was that, that, that was, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I watched some Power Rangers back in the day.
0: In the, yeah. in the 90s or whatever. My brother was super into it, but I, yeah, I, I was just like, what are you watching? <laughs> Shut up, bro. I'm, my show's on. I, I was the Green Power Ranger, badass. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know anything about Rangers, so I want to no. talk about Dwayne Lawrence. The Rock Johnson is dead. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah, well, we like to bring up the Rock on on Roots to Grooves because he comes up in unexpected situations, and it's always a, a, That should be our thing. We should find a way to work
0: the Rock into every conversation. I think one way or another, he's going it, to at this it point. It makes no sense. It he makes doesn't no have, s- He has no ties to music <laughs> that I can fathom. All right,
1: now know. it's our it's now our brain's job to try and uh, loop the Rock back into in a real way to Jazzanova in, in a real way. If we can get it done in this episode, I'd be happy, man. I'm sure there's a way. Where there's a
0: will there's a rock exactly (laughs) we're on the same page um yeah so yeah like you're talking about their studio technique and all (laughs) that and um yeah so well actually like let's let's rewind a little bit before we talk about their first album in between um because i think it's an interesting story still about how they came all together kind of thing Um, right like so like we sort of established that um the DJs had a collective. They were DJing in this club in Berlin and everything like that. But let's rewind a little bit further, even further back.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> before, all of,
0: before all of them. because um, they were in Berlin and growing up as kids and teenagers, they were they grew up when the Berlin Wall was still up. So you had East Berlin and West Berlin and east berlin being like the more um communist kind of state and west berlin being more americanized and westernized right and uh and apparently like alex talks a bit about this um he's one of the, like the main dj's in the group so um, we're with we're, we're like late 80s here yeah 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 and um he said there weren't any record stores in east berlin like and you couldn't get like the music that was coming out in the rest of the world kind of thing Mm -hmm. because back then obviously you didn't have the internet and cds weren't a thing it was all vinyl records and the only way to get music was to listen to radio stations or get the records kind of thing
1: crazy yeah comparison between the amount of accessibility you have to a worldwide yeah. everything now now
0: now we take it for granted but um and
1: and they yeah. literally there's a wall separating where things could come in and come out yeah so there's a wall and, and you're, you're limited to i can acquire these physical things yeah to get music from yeah or hear it on the radio yeah very limited options
0: yeah so the only way you know was radio and they you know tuned in a lot to like uk radio stations and radio stations outside of east berlin where they were hearing all this music mm-hmm. kind of thing and um so i had the story about stefan's grandmother oh yes she I'm went excited. to west berlin to buy hip-hop records and like public enemy and stuff like that and she'd have to smuggle it over the border back into east berlin for stefan for stefan <laughs> so he could have these hip-hop records his grandmother that's smuggled hip-hop records that's him. a cool grandma <laughs> That's that cool ground. Yeah. Um but that's how it was back then. I would like that's to see who's making a movie about that. That actually would be a great movie. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, that does. Yeah. Yeah. The music and culture of divided maybe, Germany. Maybe yeah. this is this yeah. is our
1: responsibility. Yeah. We should from, write the screenplay. From Signal Radio yeah. Movie Production Studio. Hey, well, we will make movies in the future. That's our plan. That's the plan. Yeah. So, well, Everything it related. You heard it here first on Rooster Grooves. Yeah. Mark this on your calendar. It's a moment in history. Unofficial
0: announcement. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like, uh, you know, that was, uh, so, you know, rewinding back to their teenage years, that was the state of how they listened to music. So actually, like, uh, it seems like a even divide between the six members. Three of them grew up in East Berlin and three of them grew up in West Berlin, I think okay oh i west germany or east i don't even know i'm terrible that's a terrible thing for me uh, again and- geography we yeah. need a
1: geography consultation yeah,
0: on, on most yeah, of these episodes yeah. but um so you know and then the wall came down and uh now alex who grew up in east berlin lives in west berlin now Um, But he mentioned about that how, like, East Berlin has become sort of or was becoming in, like, sort of the late 2010s is a place that was for sort of underground subcultures and music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was really starting to flourish there kind of thing. But he he said West Berlin is, like, much nicer and more peaceful place to live kind of thing. Nice. So, um, yeah, so it was just interesting for me to sort of, like, hear that background of them growing up in that. I mean, I remember as a kid seeing the Berlin wall come down on TV, like there must've like. been an intense you know, I mean, kind of moment. I mean, I was super young. I didn't really know what was going on. Right. But, um, but, you know, but, but knowing about it from seeing it on TV to sort of, as I grew up learning more about what I'd watched kind of thing, mm-hmm. and all of that thing. And especially being in the UK, Germany's not that far away and everything. And right. Visited you know when i was younger as well not long totally. after so yeah but um yeah so um all of that came down we fast forward the dj years they all meet they start making music together um so as far as i yeah. saw it's jürgen and nabloch yeah nabloch yeah.
1: jürgen jürgen and nabloch and uh, yeah. klaus breiler yeah. and Alex Bark yep. started as a DJ team. Yeah. So they were a DJ team, and th- this was around 1995 at this point. Mm-hmm. And this was in Berlin, and it was a, a club called Delicious Donuts. And this is where they were kind of yeah. DJing yeah, yeah. As, a, as a group themselves. yeah. And um, Axel and Stefan were guests there, and they would go to enjoy the music and be, you know, right. enjoy the club. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of the incarnation of where they all were in Something, the same room yeah, together yeah, yeah, yeah. for the I mean, first time. Yeah, And then in, in 1996, they started to produce a project that was like three tracks. Yeah.
0: yeah and yeah. I don't know if that, that was released as like an EP. Oh, actually, yeah, I forgot, totally forgot to do this, but I wanted to find that. I wanted to find those original things so we could spin them here. That would have been cool. Somehow. I didn't find
1: them either. Yeah. You didn't, you, you looked. Uh... I didn't even look, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't look but I, I wanted to i meant to perhaps you can look
0: uh, <laughs> when we play the next track and let me know if you find like on youtube check youtube yeah, yeah we could anyway. try to yeah um yeah because they released some singles and some eps before the first album that, mm-hmm. that was sort of i think that the people that heard them what I, I heard said it was kind of blew them away or something and it was mm-hmm. just like it sounds like from the way people described it it was in the vein of what they did on the in-between album kind of thing, which is very, right. you know, just to talk a little bit about that album for a second it's I would say it's solid, intricate, jazzy, mm-hmm. electronic, very, very intricate, very well, slickly produced. Definitely. Um, That's the, the album that I started on when
1: I began research on this. Yeah. I started, I just played that while I was chilling out. Yeah. And let's say this Good is the, stuff.
0: the album I grew up on. I listened to this um since it came out in 2002 and i was just like i would play it all the time i had this actual yeah. cd copy of this mm. and it had some it was like a cardboard um case so not a plastic case a cardboard oh. case right right right. and it had um uh like all like the the it's hard to describe this but it had like it was sort of all in the set with like different layers for like the album artwork kind of things so you would open up the different cardboard layers and it would all like, you know... I think I can uh, see yeah, in my yeah. mind's eye, yeah. It was cool. and they—that That did, is cool. My friend had the vinyl version, which had a similar... It was done in a similar way, kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just like, you know... I think that's back... For me as well, back in the day, when you have the physical copies of these things and you're listening to the music and it becomes like an experience, kind of... Especially if you, they design... The packaging in that kind of way, you know, I think
1: the world is missing out on that aspect of of music, and it's it's just something you stream, which is great. Yeah, that makes on the
0: whole physical.
1: Yeah, it it feels good to put on that, like open the record for the first time. Yeah, it's you know a CD case. Even you know this is my experience because I wasn't around for records and stuff. Even the records are coming back and everything. Yeah, but you know, open it up put that cd in you feel it you look at it shiny has the artwork on it yeah and you open it up and there's the lyrics or the the liner notes yeah, yeah. who did what on the album yeah I or there's always, artwork yeah, inside a
0: little booklet that they used to come with yeah like, some to ex- experience
1: and, like, yeah. and look yeah. into while the music's playing and you're yeah, kind of yeah. more enveloped and like here it is I'm, yeah. I'm holding it and i can experience this and that's super cool man I, yeah I miss that. I do. Yeah,
0: I miss that. As well. I think
1: a lot of people growing up probably haven't even experienced that ever. Like, there's probably kids growing up who have only streamed. Yeah, which is
0: yeah. which is crazy. Which you know is like fine, but I think it will come back around because I feel like even the young younger generation now that are discovering music, I I feel like they might want to have a bit more of a connection with the music they're listening to at some point, mm-hmm. maybe as they're growing up, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, just kind you of know. an unknown thing that people. Didn't weren't able to experience? Yeah, because now it's just get on YouTube, get on Spotify, and listen to stuff for free. Yeah, yeah. and they just never experienced that. Oh, m- music can be physical. Yeah, I can hold
0: art in my hand and experience it while I'm listening to the vibrations in my ears. Yeah, I mean, I used to do this whole thing of like, uh, you know, because my, my dad was heavily into music and he'd go to the record store, like maybe on a Saturday kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and I'd go with him and he'd go look through things and I go look through my things. And they would have uh, these CD stations at the time, so you could, like, go ask the person behind the counter if I can listen to this kind of thing, and they'll put it up there and all that, and, you know, and then I'd I'd discover things just by, like, looking at the covers or whatever, and be like, Mm -hmm. this is crazy, or whatever, and, you know, I'd get it home, and then, you know, it would be something that, like, you know, I'd... I'd spent all this time finding in the record store and then listening to it and then bringing it home and then listening to it at home and then looking through the booklet. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just a whole completely different experience of like, and it's an album thing as well, you know, cause it's, you're not just buying a single, you're buying 12 tracks on this CD. Right. It's,
1: like, it's yeah. a little more risky. Yeah. Cause yeah. you don't know, maybe I won't like this whole album. I listened to this one track and I yeah. know I like that track, but am I going to like this whole album? Yeah maybe maybe not but that's that makes it all the more better when you find a, a track or yeah. a, a cd that you like everything on it and you're like wow this is amazing like yeah. i spent money on this and i feel it and i hold it yeah and i like everything on it it means so much
0: more well also it's like different sort of thought patterns as well because like sometimes i would go into like those record shops back in the day and it would be you know i'd listen to some radio shows and stuff like that and some stuff that i'd liked right you know and then i'd see like that name on a CD or whatever. Or I'll look at these, something else and i would turn it over and it would have some credits on there and it would be like this person. I was like, well, I have no idea who this band is, but this person is credited on here. Mm-hmm. And I know this person makes good this music. This person produced that other album that I yeah, love. Yeah, so I'm just going to get it. You know, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, no, I'm just going to get it. Because they were expensive back then. They were like $10 for a CD or more. Yeah, especially for like,
1: a young guy yeah. in, in the UK. You know, you don't got... <laughs> I, I, I don't know, maybe you were
0: richer than I was, but I didn't I, have money I, for CDs every day. I earned, I think my <laughs> first paper round gave me two pounds a week, Ooh. and and then I upgraded and did a longer paper round for four pounds a week, so. Doubled your money, that, not bad. Yeah. Not bad, Jay. Not bad, but yeah. So before we get ahead
1: of ourselves, <laughs> I'm back, back oh. on this kind of, this three song EP that they did, one of the things was, I thought it was cool, this came out in 2007, I'm sorry, I don't brain fart 1997 the this kind of three track ep that they was the first kind of incarnation of what jazanova would be what was it
0: called do you have the name
1: um no i'm sorry i don't if maybe you can look it up real quick while i i do these stats or whatever um because one of the cool things was it was privately pressed at jürgen's flat
0: (laughs) really yeah he pressed vinyl in his in his flat that's
1: as far as my notes go, yes. Um, so one way or another, they they did that themselves and put it out. Yeah. Um, and so I guess pretty much from the very beginning, they they were creating this, um, sonar collective, record label. Yeah. They didn't even really bother signing with anybody from the very beginning or anything like that. They just kind of, mm, we just made some music. We're going to press it ourselves and release it ourselves. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. If anybody knows anything different. Let us know because I'd love to know how uh how they how they did it Found exactly. It. You did what drop <laughs> it on us, Jay. What is it called? What is it called? Well This um, is intense guys, listen up.
0: It's the well wait a second. Okay, well I think the main track this EP is a real classic. First Over EP ever. It contains the genre defying milestones. For Demi's Flight, Bohemian Sunset, and Ellie de Cosmon Cosmonooten, or something like that. Three-track EP. It's on Bandcamp, people. There they, Great, Great they, track names there. I don't know why they didn't put this on Spotify, but they put it on Bandcamp. Well, you got to buy it, or you can stream free, and that's what I'm going to do right now. I have not heard this before at all. Oh. oh oh that was something else giving playing. it away that was something else entirely um but i feel like we should discover this everyone together at the same time you me i have not heard this and the audience this is the very first things that jazz Nova ever did we can't find this on spotify all
1: experiencing this on roots to Grooves for the first time
0: i'm excited me too so this is like i'm hyped it's called the demi's flight Go, we found it.
1: Fed Dimes Flight EP is that what you got? Yeah, yeah. Is that how we pronounce it? Fed it? Dimes. I'm not sure. Fed Dimes Flight EP, yeah. 1997, three
0: track EP. Woo. And you said he pressed, they pressed that themselves and distributed
1: <laughs> it from Jürgen's flat. Damn. In, assuming Germany. Yeah, yeah. So pretty cool, pretty groovy. That's a great song. That's a great track.
0: You know what? I have heard this before, but it, I think it was on Giles Peterson's radio show back in the day, back in the early two thousands. Because mm. I remember this sample. That that it's bringing it back for you. Yeah, that's what. So I've heard that. Yeah.
1: Dang, you don't lie to us, Jay. You already heard this and stuff. Like, why do we? Have to, oh, man. I didn't
0: even know. I mean, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So.
1: That's cool. How it sounds like that can you don't even you can't recall it off the top of your head, but when you hear it. Yeah. Your mind's like, just, just like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, it. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's super cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, damn, like, yeah, that was a very Latin sounding track, and um, yeah, I think uh, when they first started making music, they were all about the dance floor and making music for the dance floor mm-hmm. as being DJs, because that's where it sort of came from. Is um, uh, you know, the the DJ crew wanting to make music and wanting to make it for the clubs for their sets kind of thing and um yeah and so and and i think that's kind of like where the first conversations came from when alex was talking about when he first started talking to stefan and that they were playing all these like old jazz obscure records to them kind of thing and you know and they were saying well we can't just take (laughs) these beats and stuff like you can't just take the, the drum, whole thing. The drum thing from this. this like, Yeah, so I think it was a whole conversation about, which is an interesting way to approach music is they sort of approached it from the perspective of like, you know, kind of like, this is what we want to do. Let's talk about it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to figure out ways of trying to create that sonically sort of thing. Right. And instead of just giving up, they actually just, they persevered and, you know, and made this EP and made that. And and then went on to make the first album. So it's just a very interesting I, way of approaching it, yeah. Right.
1: I love me some perseverance, Jay. I,
0: I mean, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's what I love about um also uh blah, 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 I'm gonna forget his name now. Um the guy we talked about with the white hair, with the hat. The white hair and the hat. Not the rock. <laughs> Definitely not the rock <laughs> Also from UK. American guy that based himself in UK. But yeah, he moved to the UK. Okay. And yeah. Uh this is terrible. Sorry, people. This is bad radio. Bad radio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, it's so close to coming onto the top of my head. But he was talking about the art of finishing, basically. Finish. Just just if you start a project, finish it.
1: Rather than open up a bunch of new projects like this one's ninety percent done. I'm going to move on to, the, let me
0: Yeah, start a new idea. Yeah. It's the art of finishing um, stuff, perseverance. Yeah. So I, I think that's what they, these guys done. And mm. you can hear it in their music as well. Like, yeah, because in between, just to talk about the album again, because they only have really three official albums out there, um, is, is very intricate. Like, you know, uh, it sounds live. When you listen to the recordings, but everything was intricately programmed—the drums and everything.
1: Sean Lee, Sean Lee, I got it.
0: He's he's I the mean man that talks about the art of finishing, right? Yeah. yeah. And here's another documentary we need to watch as well. So music archives. We talked about that on his episode, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, good. yeah. check out that episode, because yeah. it was super cool researching and, and learning about Sean Lee.
0: Yeah. Super uh, dope dude. And another documentary we need to watch as well, but yeah.
1: Movie night! Um, yeah,
0: so many. Um, maybe, hey, maybe uh, when COVID's over, we'll invite some people over to the Signal Studios, and we'll watch together some that, of these movies. That's actually a great yeah. idea. Yeah, if you want to be part of the audience for that, you know, or invitee. In um, I hope I'm invited. Um yeah, Jesse won't be there because he'll be um on eBay selling tickets for the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a job to do. Uh yeah, roots the graves at signalradio.com.
1: Yeah, new location yeah. as of uh February 1st being built, being painted, being organized and that's going to be yeah. we're going to be recording there very soon.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, and th- they, so on, on in between, they said it was all sample-based. Right. The only live elements with vocals, the vocal appearances from various people on there, including Clara Hill, um, Ursula Rucker. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ursula Rucker, but she's great, like American poet, that singer, that's uh, appeared on many people's records and also had some solo stuff out. She's really good. Cool. Um,
1: the only Ursula I know is like an octopus woman who lives under the sea
0: is this a in, Disney in, thing the, in the
1: model? little in the little okay. mermaid yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah i don't watch that type of stuff i only yeah. watch with the rock movies <laughs> <laughs> no need to find a better way to work it in um, <laughs> I, I don't know i'm not going to count that one as a real
1: as a real uh reference But I applaud the effort, and I think we could do better. Uh, Yeah, we could probably do better. We're we're playing a game where we got to we got to reference The Rock somehow in a real way. Yeah, without too much of a stretch. And why?
0: There is no why. There's no why. Why not? Um, Why not? And uh, yeah, vocals and vibraphone (laughs) apparently was the only other thing that was recorded live for in between their album. The rest of it was all purely programmed and sampled. They even got into a bit of trouble, I think, trying to clear some of the samples they used for that um, album. As uh, in not clearing the sample and putting it out anyway? I've, I don't. Like, all I heard Alex say was that um, some of the writers got upset that their stuff was being used in that way, which kind of sounds like to me that they didn't. They just released it and didn't clear yeah, it. Yeah, like you I should don't. have asked us. Yeah. But thanks for using our stuff and yeah. getting it out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. But nevertheless, I mean, you wouldn't really know that there was samples used. I mean, okay, some of the tracks was, sounds maybe a little bit obvious, but. The know, track that we played, yeah. not completely
1: obvious yeah, yeah, off yeah. the bat, I would say. It, it sounds yeah. mostly like that could have been a live band playing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, if you're in the, into sampling and stuff, like you could probably pick it apart and be like, mm, well, obviously it was sampled. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. you know, for a, a layman like me, just a music enjoyer, yeah, it sounds yeah. great. Yeah, you
0: wouldn't know. I had I had friends at the time that I you know, I put them onto this album, you know, and 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 they would be like, you know, uh, and they would be like really surprised when I said that it was not live drums. It's right, like it's programmed. And they're like, what? No, it's what do not. you mean? They tried to convince me that it was. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, like because so he like Stefan is a real like big Atari guy, and he has this like rig. Even today, I think is he has an Atari room basically and they go in there and it, like a lot of the music uh, that becomes like the foundation kind of the demo for the the songs they do starts with him working on an Atari programming beats um and, and sort of melodies and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um and then he'll take that and play it to um uh, is it Alec Alec Axel Axel sorry yeah um and then they'll take it from there and they'll move on to pro tools and their big fancy studio mm-hmm. and and build out the track from there kind of thing but um yeah but stefan starts in that way and i think you know has a bank a bank of like organic sounding samples that he uses as the foundation and i don't know how he manages to program these beats in such a live sounding way mm-hmm. it's the best i've heard of anything because you know even today you know, anyone has access to all kinds of drum samples that you want to get hold of, right. right? But you know, no one. I mean, I've heard, I've heard like you know, live sounding drums that are obviously sound programmed and cheesy, mm-hmm. and I've heard you know, drums that were obviously just programmed, but I haven't heard like what he does on jazz and over stuff, which is. Actually, making it sound like you can't tell whether it's live or not, like yeah, just yeah. the way he breaks it yeah. up and samples yeah. the
1: different pieces of the set, yeah yeah or yeah. or the different percussion, yeah it just comes across as a yeah I, I think that it's a testament to how serious they take it, yeah and mm. and how real they want it to sound, yeah, they're not trying to make a techno album no. or electronic album, but they're using technology to use and manipulate real sounds into a new thing, yeah, yeah. And they do a really good job of that to the point where a lot of people can't even tell if it's yeah how sampled it is. Yeah.
0: And the, and then their album after this, all of the thing of all the things, is um it sounds like live soul band playing. And apparently the drums are programmed on there as well. I can't believe that. I really can't believe that. That's but hard to believe. Yeah.
1: Something like soul that's I I mean, literally we uh, yeah. Meant to be like a, a real thing with real feelings and emotion. Yeah. And it's, you can feel that, and they're creating that without actually having a soul band or even a real drummer play in the studio for that part. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, well, I think we should play a little a couple more tracks because I don't want to move away from in between just yet, but I also feel like we should also talk about the next album at this point. Do you want to play something from a new album, or what are you saying? Um, I say, how about we'll, we'll play something just from in between that um, whole thing is great i would love to hear another track yeah i'm sure everybody else would as well we'll do that and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the next album which didn't come out for many years later 2008 2002 right. was their first one 2008 was the next one um, which some people said that or jazz Never ever felt like people didn't even know that they came out with the second album because it was kind of lost when it came out so right for some reason well yeah look, we'll but, uh, uh, we'll
1: play this track and then we'll talk yeah. about why they took so long and uh, what were they up to in between that time
0: sounds good really intricate i can't believe that's not a live band playing like it sounds yeah, it's yeah. rocking because it sounds like there's some of those sound drum sounds they got going in there, that it would be like live at a certain point. Yeah, but it's all completely intricately programmed. Yeah, like that is insane. There's
1: nothing choppy no. that just feels like a cut. That's no. like oh new sample different. Yeah. which is cool in its own thing. A lot of people go for that kind of glitchy kind of yeah sound, and that's it's cool in its own right. But this sounds like it's a. They were on a big stage and they had a nice recording.
0: Yeah, I mean, it clearly... Mics and everything set up and... It starts out, obviously, with the very obviously sounding electronic drums, but then it morphs and and Mm -hmm, that percussion comes in and stuff like that. That was a great track. What is that track called? Um, That one's called Glow and Glare. Off In Between, their first record. Off In Between, 2002. It's 19 years ago. That's music here. It sounds as good as... Probably longer than that because they probably wrote it and recorded it before when they released it so yeah yeah totally yeah yeah
1: so i mean yeah yeah, i mean that's some of the stuff the first stuff this these these this collective was coming up with
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: so if that doesn't go to show what what the rest of their discography
0: is going to look like exactly it only gets better from here and so the, the funny thing that happened is because they're a collective that's formed of djs and producers uh the 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 guys that made this album never played live And they didn't really have any intent of playing live originally. Mm -hmm. They just intended to stay in the studio and make the albums whilst the DJs went around the world uh, performing kind of thing. And kind of what happened is, uh, you know, this album came out. It hit really hard. A lot of people knew about it. And then, you know, someone would see, oh, Jazza Nova is playing in London, let's go kind of thing. And then they'll be like, what? This is just one DJ, dude? Like, what's going on? And so a lot of people started talking to the DJs that were performing and saying, why aren't you playing this out live? Like, And they were confused kind of thing. <laughs> and so Alex like, said, yeah, there, there's some confusion there because, you know, there'd be a poster in a city of like six people on this poster and their album's out. Like, oh, this new band yeah. has a cool
1: track it looks like. yeah.
0: And then the show is like this guy DJing hip hop and like other shit. Like, where's the other guys? Where's the band? <laughs> so understandably yeah so it was for like, somebody
1: who doesn't know exactly what's going on i don't know how they promoted themselves yeah maybe it, it's a little confusing because what is a collective yeah collectives aren't as you know as you know market marketing wise goes it's not as popular to be like here's a collective uh, you don't the, hear that on uh, the radio like oh here's a collective here's their track and there's it's a, an
0: artist or a band or a producer you know what i mean and there's very many examples of collectives like this in this way, I don't think like, um, that I can think of, that you know, go around like this. Yeah. So like, yeah, when you think of collective, you think about something else. You don't necessarily think about, um, an artist performing out and about sort of thing. Ironically,
1: Um, I I think of animal collective, (laughs) which is, they were band though. Is Um, that a band though? That's one finite artist or band. It's not necessarily uh, a collective.
0: I think, that's just a word in their a name. band, but I think it's probably like led by one person, right? Or sure. Like that. Yeah. But it's certainly not yeah. a collective. Yeah. 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 yeah, Where like
1: you get to participate and you can add music and you can add music and we'll release it, right? Yeah. Well, maybe, that, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know what a collective is, but I think I do.
0: Well, I think like they're doing something very unique with Jazz Over, And I think it's sort of part of their history of how they came to be as well as like, um, you know, like basically they said they share everything but financially they share everything equally between every member. That's cool. So even though it's like only two or three people that write and record the music for the album, they share all the publishing and copyright and royalties equally with between all six members of the group. But then they said it works the other way when the DJs go out and play somewhere in a city, cause they can command high fees now Right? Um, th- that they, that the producers in the studio get a cut of that as well. So they're all getting a cut of each thing each way it sounds so fair the, yeah yeah so it's like i suppose on the surface yeah i mean yeah i think it as long as you get along and it works out like alex keeps he's mentioned this time and time again he said they're like an old couple now like mm-hmm. all, all of them because mm-hmm. when they talk about music they don't even need to talk anymore they just play some records right and the other person understands kind of thing and uh, so that that sounds really beautiful and nice that they can get along on that level so you know
1: yes some of the the interviews i would see is it seems like you know they're in the studio and you know stefan and and axel Mm -hmm. you know the 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 producers around them the people they're working around they they say like oh these guys are they don't even need to talk that much they're like doing telepathy Mm -hmm. like i know what the other guy in the other room wants yeah yeah. let me give it to him yeah yeah. and yeah i mean what what is that no it's a family it's a it's a collective and they they have this energy between them yeah. and they know what each other wants and uh, again back to like they'd be in the same the same clubs or the same record stores and they'd meet each other mm-hmm. and and they would be looking for the same thing and they would yeah. notice that yeah, yeah. and they'd be like we're looking for something that isn't that doesn't exist yet yeah and i think they were part of creating something cool that hadn't really existed as far as i know yeah uh, you know yeah. mashing these genres together yeah. Using different techniques from I want to use your DJ skills with my production skills to present this music in a yeah. club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they're 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 aware of the club culture. Yeah. And of of, of music, you know, vinyl yeah. collecting culture. Yeah. And and who to communicate with and and how to communicate and, and how to get this stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's a huge project. It's endlessly impossible to work with so many different people on a creative project. Mm. And they consistently have done it. And it's a,
0: it's a family. It's a collective, whatever you want to call them. It's, it's amazing what they've done. Well, I think they support each other in, in different ways. I mean, kind of like what Signal aims to do in a way. You mean Signal Radio? <laughs> signal Radio, yeah. Or Signal. It's just Signal. So, yeah, Signal. We're more okay. than radio. <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, because so they have a, a studio complex in Berlin. Called okay. JRS Studios, which uh, anyone can rent, um, but it's also the home of where they make this music. Cool. And they have different rooms. They have like you know, their main rooms. They have the Atari room. They have writing production studios as well, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all of that is sort of funded by, by everything. You know, it's funded by the DJing out in the world. It's funded by the record label that they founded. It's uh, funded by the albums and the royalties from those albums and the perf- live performance of those albums kind of thing. And I think it's just like a really good concept. It's like, you know, here's right. a group of six people, a collective that want to make a living out of music, but that's not the main goal, making a living out of music. The main goal is, you know, we love music. We have a passion for it. How can we make that our life and our living kind of thing and, and right. sort of sharing and <clears throat> in, in the benefits of that, you know, and to, you know,
1: Yeah. Create something much greater than any individual.
0: One of them can. Yeah. And like, you know, so Stefan and Axel primarily spend 90% of their time in the studio making music. Right. The other three guys DJ around the world, but two of those DJs also run the label. And so like Alex said, he's like the go between guy because he said he's not a good office worker and mm-hmm. he doesn't like doing that type of shit. So the other guys do all that sort of logistical shit, office work. The bureaucracy. The, the bureaucracy of running the labor work. Yeah, and doing all that sort of stuff. So they kind of can support each other in this way. You know, if you've got these two guys working on that end of things and these two guys doing this thing, you know, it's like... It, that's it's kind of like, it's possibly... Though. Yeah, that's um, possibly
1: more beautiful than yeah. what they are as a, a musical collective. Yeah. Yeah. But as a greater kind of business collective. Yeah. Like they recognize how you can be so much greater and so much more efficient if you create a team yeah. and allocate different duties. Yeah, and
0: everybody benefits. You say allocate? Yeah, like alligator. Did you mean delegate? D- or, I think I just. Oh, did you did you just mix allocate and delegate in the I, same I, word? <laughs> allocate. <no.
1: laughs> oh yeah, uh, no, I think I definitely did that. I'm I'm thinking back now because allocate is a word. Yeah. And delegates a word. And delegates a word. Allogate. Al- I'm just like, I'm just trying to be more efficient, Jay. Just I'm I'm just trying to like we, we blah blah blah. So many words. <laughs> Let's just shorten this up quick. Our our listeners don't want all this BS, you know.
0: As long as no alligators can Alleg- come up on the street. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Um yeah. <laughs> Thank thank you for pointing that out. I'll, Sorry I'll try yeah, to correct it, my it, it just threw me off. <laughs> as soon as you said alligate, I, I stopped listening to everything you said after the <laughs> like, Did that guy just say alligate? <laughs> That's hilarious I'm going to use that word
1: in the future And we'll hopefully all know what we're talking about okay. Work it
0: into a sentence, get it in the dictionary Yeah, it's a yeah. real word now All words are made up, Jay
1: really? All of them
0: You mean someone made up the word the Back in the day It didn't exist at some point It didn't exist and then, Think and about then, that And then all of a sudden it was like we can look. Hey guys, we could use this word the. To describe a bunch of things The
1: <laughs> that guy just says Duh. he doesn't know any of he, can't he, talk. He,
0: he can't do it he can't pronounce his ths. Duh, <laughs> the rock <laughs> no that's still a bad way of working God, I was almost it was almost natural <laughs> that was my best shot though at uh, least my way of working it was talking about movies
1: and rocks in movies we know T- okay yeah, yeah okay
0: <laughs> we'll let the audience decide roots to grooves listeners yeah let right. us know what's the better reference we'll have a twitter poll Mm-hmm. Does anyone use Twitter anymore?
1: I have an account, but I don't ever use it. So so does Signal. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll see what's happening. The, the 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 social media game is
0: always changing. It's always changing. So, so maybe, we'll get, maybe we should get, we'll get on, on game. there. But um, where were we? Well, yeah, just the collective thing. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, 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 and I wanted to say about the live aspect of Jazz Jazzanova as well. because yeah. basically there was a confusion. All these guys were out DJing. And people were asking, where's the band? So they basically reacted to that and put together the band specifically because people were confused mm-hmm. and wanted to hear Jazz On Over live, not just the DJ stuff. So, um, yeah, just, so they put that together. And I think it didn't really <clears throat> take steam until they did their second album in 2008. And that was the point where they started going out and playing live the tracks from the new album and then tracks from the first album kind of thing. Right. Yeah.
1: Totally. I was going to yeah. say <clears throat> myself and Jay have been in this situation where it's kind of, Oh uh, yeah. What kind of band are you? Who That's is true? What's Sultans. going on? Exactly. So we both played in Soltans, which mm-hmm. was kind of led by our good buddy Shayhan, who lives in mm-hmm. LA now and is still mm-hmm. check out Shayhan online. Mm-hmm. Um, but that music was kind of produced yeah, by by Shehan and jared Ruben, yeah rubens yeah. yeah and um then we had a live band to recreate that production yeah. semi-closely yeah. but not exactly the same as yeah it's impossible to create exactly what was being produced
0: yeah without, that was released uh, without using samplers and i mean you can but it's like we made the decision to take it in a we, different direction we all right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Shehan and we we all really wanted to make it a a real band like mm-hmm. live instrumentation mm-hmm. with no laptops or mm-hmm. further technology as far as sampling and stuff goes and so you know we would get questions like that too like oh this doesn't sound quite like we play the music live we'd do a yeah. set live here in seattle at one of these cool venues and yeah. it's not the same so people would ask you know who's in the band what is the band yeah. And so there was some just a little or, bit of, a-
0: or they would think we were a band, but, but then as opposed right. to being like you know, and I, and I think that's kind of why Sheehan's gone off now solo, mm-hmm. which is I think a good move from a marketing perspective, and we still hope to play live music with him. On yeah, the solo shit I'm future. ready to go. Let's do it. Yeah, we were supposed to move to LA, but COVID happens. <laughs> Damn COVID. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I think that's less confusion because you know if we had played live and it was under shayhan's name i think people would have understood maybe more for uh, sure or they would think or they wouldn't think shayhan's a person they think it's still a band because it's a name oh, oh shayhan <laughs> they changed their band name to shayhan yeah but yeah you know you're right is there's all these i mean it's something to think about right if you're a musician and you're releasing music i mean you well, totally you, you don't have <clears throat> i think anyone can do anything they want to do totally And from the perspective of Jazz Nova, they said, yes, it was confusing, but he also said that he think that confusion kind of went in their favor a little bit because it added some sort of mystique around them. Yeah. Because people started to talk about them like, well, what are they? I just went to see them and there was this one dude DJing, but then there's this album out Mm -hmm. and he wasn't playing. And and then there's this other guy called Jazz Nova who looks completely different, who's also playing. Right. So it's like, I think, It was kind of cool for them. I think it sort of added, created some mystique, some curiosity. People started to talk about it kind of thing. Totally. You know, so it's not a bad thing. I think for us, for Sultans, I wouldn't say that was necessarily a good thing because that wasn't our intent. And, And also I think it's confusing because I didn't, I actually didn't want people to think we were a band. I wanted them to think it was a production duo and we were taking it out live. That's what I, I personally I, wanted. I was yeah. on the same page as that. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm
1: here. We want to do this music justice. Yeah, and it's not going to be quite the same as what was released. Yeah, yeah. On all the streaming platforms and everything. Yeah. But we're supporting these two dudes' production. Yeah. And trying to yeah. do a justice in a live way. Yeah. To bring some sort of live, you know, um, yeah. show to to for people in the city to enjoy. Yeah. And for us to enjoy playing.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah, it comes down to kind of marketing, you know, like, yeah. what do we want to show people and what do we want to be? Because, you know, perception is reality. Yeah. And I, I did mean to rhyme that, by the way. So, if any plays it back, I think I rhymed.
0: I'm kind of a rhymer. Perception every, every is reality. Is that the rhyming line? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I
1: th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> I just say random things. That's all I do. I don't think it's a rhyme. I think it flows well, though. Okay, well, I got some flow, Jay. Some you know, flow. I got a little bit of flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, we've experienced that. Um, but I don't know. Back to Jazz Nova, That's two thousand two. Is in between. That's the record I would start off if you're looking to get into these guys. Yeah, um,
0: I, I love it. It's yeah. great. And then of all the things came out as the second album. Like I said, um, I think it sort of it, it wasn't released on Spotify until. 2013 or something like that, or later I think, I'm not sure but um, it was sort of mixed up in their discography if you look on their discography on um, on uh, Spotify, it's sort of in a weird random order on there kind of thing, but it is their second album and it's more sort of live orientated sound soulful, retro organic Um, this is when they started playing live as well um again this album has a bunch of features a bunch of rappers a bunch of singers on it um we're talking about remixed no i'm talking about of all the things oh of all the things yeah because they've only had three official albums out in between of all the things and the pool they have this one called funk house studio sessions but uh, i saw an interview with stefan and he said it's basically re-recordings of their pre-existing songs so he doesn't even count it as an album I was just um, gonna
1: say of of all the things that came out earlier, but on Spotify, for example, mm-hmm. it says that is released. It was at least released on Spotify in two thousand nineteen.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it came, actually came out in two thousand eight. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: So you know, just to give a little bit of background, that first album came out in two thousand two. Yeah. And their their next full length original music EP um, LP, mm-hmm. excuse me, came out in two thousand
0: eight. And um, people might get confused because. In amongst these three official albums, they've done a bunch of remixes. They've done a bunch of like DJ mix compilation albums. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there with Jazanova's name on it, but there's only like three original albums. That LPs. LPs, right? Yeah. So, so I yeah. mean,
1: they're, they're yeah, just to, to mm. let everybody know, they're yeah. they're well known as DJs, and they're they're known to remix mm-hmm. their own stuff. They do big projects, remixing other people's, other artists' music, yeah. and they release this stuff. So they're they're certainly keeping busy all the time, yeah. and this is
0: what's taken all the time between their their main album releases. And it's an interesting fact from like a musician's perspective, where I heard Alex saying that when they did some of these remixes, like there was like one remix in particular. I don't remember, but I think it might be from common or something i'm not sure Mm -hmm. but apparently just like it blew up real big and then they were sort of booked for all of these dj slots out of nowhere kind of thing and uh he, he found it was a discovery experience for him because like the remix was like this like house banging house track and then he'd go the place he was booked for and he'd play all this hip-hop stuff kind of thing <laughs> what, is this? what is this yeah and then it was like a learning experience for him because he was like um oh yeah i need to sort of lo- know my audience kind of thing right um which is cool there's sort of like learning out of that but it's also interesting for me that a remix alone can get you booked high paying dj gigs yeah um, that's interesting to me because i
1: always think remixes like oh it's it's not as cool as an original song yeah but in in reality it is yeah and and people out there listen to almost primarily remixes and Mm. again it just comes to what you like as a listener there's no rules and you can like whatever you want and that's i completely support it i'm usually not drawn to remixes myself personally but I'm, I'm more and more seeing the, the value in them and, and how much they're respected from the music yeah. community in general.
0: I come across remixes all the time, and I do like a lot some of the remixes I come across. But at the same time, um, I'm like, well, if I've come across the original track and then I see like 50 remixes, it's like I kind of don't know what to listen to. It's like, you know, should I listen to the original? And sometimes the remixes are not all great. Some of them are a little crappy. Mm-hmm. Like, but there'll be one that's like maybe better than the original. Kind of right. Thing. But I also don't want to sit there and listen to the same concept of a song. like in, <laughs> in slightly different iterations. <laughs> slightly different yeah. iterations. Like, it's just like, give me one. Like, um, but, you know, I think this depends where it hits you. It's weird because I think the idea of the remix really sort of came about from the club thing. Mm-hmm. And playing it out. You know, a lot of, um, you know, back in the day, a lot of these indie rock bands had dance club remixes yeah. done just so they could get in the club and people would be like, who's that? And then, you know, but I don't know if it works that way anymore. I'm not sure. But it seems like an, it seems like an old school thing for me. But Yeah, I guess like, it kind of seems like that yeah, to me. But uh, yeah. the
1: more I kind of look into it, I still am amazed at how many remixes are out there yeah and you know for example on tiktok i see people are constantly remixing and adding on other people's sounds you have like sounds on tiktok yeah and then somebody will change it or they'll slow
0: it down is that songs though or is that just like audio of people talking and stuff? on
1: tiktok they're called sounds yeah because you can have a song like i have my music that i've released i can find it on tiktok Mm -hmm. just like on spotify or something but somebody else could use my song, yeah. and then they could put a voiceover over it, yeah. or change it, and then that's their sound, yeah. technically. And so that's why it's a sound because it's just, it, all these all this music is essentially being remixed mm. in different ways with voiceovers, or it's sped up, or it's slowed down, what have you. It's like sampling. It, so ex- it's just sampling in exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what's kind of leading me to believe, like, okay, well sampling is valuable somehow yeah. some way yeah whatever that might mean to the greater music community but um you know here we are 2021 and sampling's still a thing yeah whether so you,
0: whether you know it or not whether it's cool yeah it or
1: not. <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm always kind of exploring it a little bit on the side because i continually come across samples and stuff but it, i never i'm still never really drawn to it um that's just me being like a hipster guy like oh well what's the original what did the original artist intend me to feel and i like to try to respect Uh, that and like what were you trying to do with that original piece of music and i at least before i experience all these remixes and stuff i want to know yeah where that energy was coming from and and why it was there in the first place and what that artist was trying to convey in the first place with their you know piece of
0: sonic art yeah i understand that i think i'm on the same page of you as that yeah because a lot of times remixes sometimes the remix versions are a completely different genre than the original yeah. artist which is not what i would normally listen to or whatever exactly or, or i would normally listen to the genre of the remix but i wouldn't normally listen to the genre of the original yeah and so there's some so disparity like, there yeah so it's a bit it's a little bit like annoying sometimes to like totally one way or the other to be like well, here's this great track and you fucked it up. Yeah. Or like, here's this great track, but I'd, oh, I I'm not really into that mm-hmm. like, weird acoustic band or whatever. Yeah, kind of <laughs> but not, not to say that it's yeah. not good
1: music, you know? Yeah, like yeah. literally yeah, yeah, yeah. anything is possible and if you enjoy listening to it, then it's good. Yeah. And I don't know, I think that's the point we're kind of getting at Yeah. as far as sampling goes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Not, yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to Jazzanova. Back to
0: Jazanova. Let's um, uh, spend a track
1: yeah play me a track real quick just uh surprise me i don't want to know
0: uh we'll just give everyone right now where we go? A, a taste of of all the things this is Jasmine's second album um if you've heard the tracks we've played so far or if you've listened to the album yourself you might think this is kind of a different thing so i'm just gonna randomly play this one called let me show you Let me show ya off of 2008's of so all the things by Jazzanova, featuring Paul Randolph on the vocals. There, good stuff. Um, he uh, also you performed all the vocals on their live studio album, Funk House Studio Sessions. I think he went on two of them and played some of their songs because uh, Jazzanova guys said that he was the only vocalist that they found that could replicate all of their features. Mm. like all the different various vocalists that they've had on their albums throughout the years like he could replicate all of those vocals. He can do his parts live actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah and um that track was played on a Red Bull um lecture featuring Alex and he said that the drums were programmed. I do not believe that. I still don't believe it. Really? Those drums on that track? Those <laughs> yes, drums were not live. I thought they were, they were sampled from something that was real. Like the whole album um, sounds like that. Like if you listen to this on headphones, which I encourage our listeners to do, just because you can hear the panning. Like um, mm-hmm. The drums are like pans to the right. I was going to say two. that.
1: That's one thing I noticed. Yeah, which is yeah, cool. Which yeah. is kind of
0: old school way to do it. Yeah. But yeah, in the old school way of like when recordings were done in like mono and they only had one microphone and they right pan the drums and that's that this is actually how people used to sample because people found out that um if you panned the you know the channel to the left you could just get the drum and bass track and you could sample that in a track and you, oh right and, and it cuts out the vocals because the vocals are always panned in the middle right, yeah or in the middle or the left kind of thing right so yeah, but... Um, nice. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, see, I mean, I, I don't believe it, but... That's hard to believe. Yeah. It sounds
1: like it was an old school track that they just, that they sampled and recreated. Yeah, no, but that whole That's album great.
0: is, is um, you know, original. And and that whole album sounds in that vein of what we just played there. Like, there are many tracks that have that vibe to it. Same sort of sonic kind of of like
1: a 70s motown yeah kind of vibe yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and it's interesting as well because they also said they as as they've progressed with writing jazz and over albums they they said they've moved away from the purely electronic way of programming things and more to a songwriting way of doing things where they said they used to like focus on making tracks for the dance floor and now they sort of focus on making songs for songs kind of thing right and getting more involved in the songwriting process in terms of like melody and and everything like that and uh so that's that's another sort of trajectory they've taken yeah from their early days you know i love that because
1: i i prefer to listen to music and really envelop myself in music when i'm you know isolated and i'm by myself and i can experience it how i want to yeah and experiencing music in a club or something when I'm surrounded by people and it's a social event. Yeah, I don't really focus in different...
0: on music when I'm in a club. Exactly.
1: Right? I, I like good music yeah. to be playing under yeah. that setting. Yeah. But I, at that time, I'm focused on who I'm with and the people around yeah. me yeah. as a social aspect more than I'm here for the music. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Two yeah. each, the round. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So, I mean, yeah, cool. I mean, was that from, what album was that from? Of all the things, 2008. Word. Yeah. But which actually was released on Spotify or re- re-released in 2019. There you go. Yeah. So cool. And then I guess let, we can backtrack one year when the pool was released.
0: Oh, that was the most recent. 2018. Yeah. 20 Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, And 2019, they also released the Of All the Things instrumental version. Yeah. yeah. So along with Of All the Things, that was both re-released. yeah um again it's kind of confusing and i've just become aware of how many artists kind of re-release stuff and then it gets yeah. it's seemingly out of order if you compare two references for
0: when these releases happened yeah you can't go via the spotify things At least right. not for older artists like the newer artists for sure but, mm-hmm. um but yeah some of these older guys like they don't even release some of their stuff on spotify like jaznova have not released their first ep on spotify for some reason. Right. Maybe because of the samples. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know we keep talking about Spotify, but I feel like it's kind of, you know, the placeholder for all of these music platforms. Because I feel like if someone's not releasing it on Spotify, they're not releasing it on e- any of the other ones either. Like right. Apple Music or Pandora.
1: But usually if you find something on Spotify, yeah. you can find it just about everywhere else. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's what I think.
1: And yeah, I think Spotify is the main discovery tool of the, the current time yeah. or
0: generation it's become ubiquitous and it's uh you know it, it is you know i know they pay us shit money but all of them do so right you know it's my go-to platform right now. yeah but yeah. yeah we're not sponsored by spotify or anything so no so we can hate on them all we want yeah except when they buy this podcast for 300 million dollars then we'll have to delete this episode <laughs> but, or edit it or something collateral damage jay <laughs> collateral damage I mean for my 150 million. <laughs> I don't care, do what you like. I'm hey. going off on a beach. <laughs> we're going to do roots to groove some of the beach
1: then, okay? One way or another. Yeah. I'm not letting you off the hook. All right. Sounds good. Well cool. I mean, I think we're up to date. That's the pool. Mm-hmm. In 2018, that's that is one way or
0: another overall that is officially their latest release. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to come out with one in 20 20- Maybe this year, 2021 or 2022, because they said that um, the more they've worked on music, the better they've got on and, and actually, that live experience has helped them in the studio as well, um, where they say, like, you know, they've come off the road and they've gone back into the studio and felt even more inspired than before kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so Stefan said that, like, you don't... He said, I don't think you're going to have to wait that long for the next one, because it was 2002, 2008, and then 2018, but um, they're getting better. They're getting closer with the releases. They're getting closer, and they said, uh, you know, they said they. So the reason that album was called the pool is because they had a pool of ideas and sounds they were drawing from to to create that album. Like, and um, and he was asked, like, well, you know, he was like, not everything he came up with in the pool of his sounds made it on the pool, but he said. That he's probably just gonna, or they're gonna start creating new material for the next album. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not even gonna go back to the unused material that didn't make the cut for that album. Interesting. They're gonna just like do new stuff because, because I don't know, they're inspired and the yeah. If that's right? if um, that's what
1: you feel, then you know, yeah. go with that.
0: Well, the other thing he said is like, is like, you know, he'll create like fifty tracks or whatever kind of thing, ideas, and then bits and pieces will be taken from all of those. 50 ideas mm-hmm. to create different songs
1: take the best part of that track the best part of that yeah. track and this so,
0: beat that you have and let's put
1: those together and that's a new track
0: yeah so there might be other bits of these other things that weren't used but they're kind of like it's kind of like they're just like leaving it out there which is i mean i think that's, that's a creative process as well you have to come up with a bunch of shit to get what you want out of it right and then move on like and and there was a reason you selected those things and, and left the other things behind, maybe, you know. So Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Not to say, I mean, maybe they'll come out with that stuff 10 years from now. Yeah. Like, let's revisit some of those older ideas. Yeah. You know, it's just the most important thing. Go with what you're inspired by. Exactly, yeah. doesn't matter if you already, if it's sitting in your phone and an idea is there. Yeah. No need to be obligated to do anything. Go, so, go with what's most inspiring for you creatively and follow that path yeah and that'll lead you to you know success hopefully yeah absolutely well let's close out jazz nova guys i was super impressed um as i was discovering this band super happy that jay brought this to the table super cool stuff new jazz acid jazz Mm -hmm. a little chill chill out they say you can Mm -hmm. maybe a little chill wave (laughs) um yeah i don't know i i thoroughly enjoyed this this group again yeah. kind of reminded me of smart snarky puppy yeah check them it's out, it's yeah. like funk and electronica mixed with jazz yeah super groovy the whole time yeah yeah. cool vocal samples and and in the pool i did want to say real quick it was had jamie cullum on one of the vocal oh, features yeah, yeah, yeah. who was cool because my dad would play him a lot mm-hmm. and he's a cool guy he's kind of like a cool jazz singer yeah almost
0: offshoot of michael buble type yeah type of, entity yeah. but he's he's gone off and done some like sort of interesting totally not to say that he's kind of mainstream i would say he was but then he's gone and done some interesting sort of like off mainstream things right that's all i mean to say he's he's
1: reached main mainstream success but he has a lot of cool different projects that he's a part of yeah um yeah
0: he used to have a a radio show as well on bbc i think oh really okay so yeah jazz music i mean
1: yeah he's a prolific Mm -hmm. artist artistic losing my voice here sorry everybody um artistic creative gentlemen so that that was cool to see on the pool on the on their last record yeah um for jazanova so yeah again jazanova yeah roots to grooves check them out let us know what you think if you've got any ideas or any uh, cool stories about jazanova you want to hit us up at the email
0: roots to grooves at signalradio.com. Yes. that's s-i-g-n-l radio.com that is right yeah you heard it here first kids and uh, we'll play out with this track from the pool so you can get a little bit of vibes of that album as well. Yeah. It's called Sincere, featuring Noah Slee. I think it was kind of their lead single from that album when they released it at the time. They played it a lot on all the videos I saw, so I'm down. It's it's cool.
1: Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Roots to Grooves. I'm Jesse Quigley. I'm Joey Purcell. Boom. See you next time.
0: See you next time.